0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ومن سيئات ما الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام الله وخير محمد الله عليه وسلم وَإِنَّ شَرَّ الْأُمُورِ مُحْتَثَاتُهَا وَكُلَّ مُحْتَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّعَةٍ uh, So today's topic, the next uh, lecture or topic in in the book of Sheikh Ubaid, Hafidhahullah, is تَفْسِيلُ الْقَوْلُ فِي مَسْأَلَةِ تَكْفِيرِ الْخَوَارِجِ which is the detailed statement or speech regarding the issue of the takfir of the khawarij of basically attributing kufr to the khawarij disbelief to the khawarij and this issue of the of the khawarij uh, it's from the great uh, topics because it enters into many other fields of islamic creed uh, for example, the issue of Iman itself, the issue of faith, Iman, what is Iman, uh, the issue of you know, when can we expel a Muslim from the fold of Islam, um, the issue of the status of the companions, right? the issue of how do we deal with uh, rulers who may be unjust or who may be tyrannical. This occurrence of the Khawarij, it enters into all of these different areas. And because of the importance of this issue, you see that, uh, you know, this issue of the Khawarij is given a great deal of treatment in the books of creed, historically and continuously, uh, to this day of ours. So one of those issues connected to the Khawarij is the issue of their takfir what is the ruling upon them as a group are they are they within the fold of islam but they are just simply sinful deviated misguided muslims or are they actually outside the fold of islam because what they are upon and the things that they profess and the things that they do have the ruling of being major disbelief so the scholars historically have discussed this particular issue. And in this chapter, or in this section of the book, or in this particular lecture that the sheikh gave, he is going to uh, outline the view that is held by many of the scholars that the Khawarij are in fact, as a group, the ruling on the group, is that they are people of disbelief. They are outside the fold of Islam. And he's going to quote from... Uh, Ibn Hajar rahimahullah ta'ala from Fathul uh, from Fathul Bari because Ibn Hajar has a has a discussion of this issue Ibn Hajar brings the the views and the arguments of many of the scholars who actually hold this view and even Al-Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala in the way he brings the hadiths, of the khawarij and the titles that he gives it strongly suggests that even imam al-bukhari rahimahullah is actually of this view as well right that the khawarij are considered to be people of disbelief so this is what today's lesson is is uh, around inshallah ta'ala and before we before we commence uh, the sheikh's uh, commentary upon al bari of ibn hajar then just so that we are familiar with the background of this group. In the time of the Messenger of Allah wasallam, after the battle of Hunain, one of the battles, uh, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he was dividing the booty, the spoils of war. And he gave to certain people, some people who were, you know, already they were from the nobles, they were already from the, the well-off people. He gave to different uh, individuals and, and groups of people, and whilst this distribution was taking place, there were some murmurings, there were some whispers, there was some speech that was being expressed, and from 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 those statements, was um, a particular man came to the Messenger of Allah, and he said to him, Idil i'dil ya Muhammad." He said, be just, O Muhammad. Be just, O Muhammad. And uh, this man, as you know, he's called Dhul Khuwaysara at tamimi And likewise, on other occasions, there are other things which are reported where, you know, similarly, uh, another man, he said that this division, this division of the messenger of Allah, of of this booty, they said, wallahi, إِنَّ هَذِهِ الْقِسْمَةِ مَا عُضِلَ فِيهَا By Allah, سوا by Allah, that this division, or this distribution, is something in which justice has not been done. Justice has not been done in this distribution. And likewise, um, مَا أُرِيدَ بِهَا وَجْهُ الله. This division Allah's face was not sought by way of it. Right, so this is now it's a mighty accusation, it's a mighty accusation against the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so this is why the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he got very angry and he and, and you know he, he, he responded, yadil? Lam Who is going to be just? Who is going to be just? If I, meaning I, as the messenger of Allah, is not going to be just. And then, as we read in the narrations, Umar bin al-Khattab, radiyallahu anhu, he said, you know, Leave me to strike the neck of this hypocrite. Leave me to strike the neck of this hypocrite. And the messenger of Allah he said, Um, you know, he uh, said, you know, leave him. Because otherwise the people will say that Muhammad, he kills his companions, right? So he didn't allow him to, to kill this particular man. And then we know those statements that we are familiar with in which the messenger of Allah, him, you know, he, he made numerous statements that from this man, you know, this, this man will come a people who will recite the Quran and it will not go beyond their throats or their collarbones. And then there's many other descriptions of these people that they speak with the best speech of creation. Right? That they will kill the Muslims and they they will leave alone the idol worshippers. And you know many many other descriptions which which are which are basically like this that they are the most evil of the creation. So these Khawarij, as you can see, the basic idea, what was it that these people were unhappy about? It was Something to do with wealth and the distribution of wealth. And these people were inwardly unhappy that the wealth did not come to them. And they questioned the integrity and the justice of the Messenger of Allah, salam, and also the wisdom of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because the wisdom of the Messenger of Allah salam, in, this, in this division is that you know he decided to give to certain people because that would be a way of strengthening their iman and fortifying their Islam because perhaps they were they were new to Islam. And as for those people who have been with the Messenger of Allah upon Iman, you know, for a very long time and they are already strong in their iman, they can handle difficult times, they can handle poverty, they can handle you know hardships and difficulties, right? And they can you know then then it's okay not to give to them from the wealth but to give to those people you know who, who whose Islam will be fortified and strengthened by the division of this of, 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 of this wealth you know by giving to them so so these individuals they were unhappy because the wealth did not come to them so ultimately the issue is about wealth and its distribution and this movement appeared as like you know just murmurings and whispers in the time of the messenger of Allah and he knew that these people are going to eventually by way of this ideology they're going to appear as an actual group and they are going to split and separate from the main body of the muslims and he also mentioned that there is going to be from the muslims one who is going to fight them and kill them and that they will appear when there's kind of uh, splitting amongst the muslims and that they will continue to appear in the muslim ummah, and every time they appear they will be cut off until they appear in the midst you know of the armies of the of, of the, the jug so then what happened is, in the time of Uthman, رضي الله عنه, uh, there appeared uh, this movement led by Abdullah bin Sabah, the Sabahiyyah, and you know they revolted, and they accused him essentially of being a disbeliever, because they claimed that he was unjust, and that he was not ruling by justice, by the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they accused him of being a disbeliever and they initiated a response against him. They fabricated many, many lies against him, many rumors about him. And they, you know, uh, filled up the hearts of of the ignorant and the common folk to come and to and to basically, you know, uh, surround his his house. And eventually they they assassinated him. Then these people continued amongst uh, the Muslims as a movement. create issues and and, uh, differences until they appeared properly in the time of uh, Ali, uh, because after Uthman, uh, there was a difference of opinion between Ali and Muawiyah, and Ali wanted to uh, stabilize the situation after the killing of Uthman, and to uh, eventually Get the per- perpetrators and to mete out justice to them. So Ali's view was to let's not do anything. Let's, you know, uh, take things steadily and slowly. Uh, the situation is precarious. And, you know, we'll deal with it in this way. Whereas Muawiyah and those with him wanted to you know have justice. They wanted justice. And both sides have, have truth. Right. Because... To to, to seek justice for these criminals, obviously this this is necessary. You have to have justice. But of the two, Ali radiallahu anhu, by testimony of the messenger of Allah was the closest of the two to the truth. Why? Because the messenger said, when he spoke about the khawarij, he said that they will be fought against by one who is uh, by a faction who is closest to the truth. And that we know was Ali, anh, because Ali, he then eventually fought the Khawarij at a place called Nahrawan, where they had set up their alleged Islamic state, you know, uh, just south of Baghdad or away from Baghdad by 10 or so miles. Ali fought them then; he killed them and he disbanded most of them with just a handful of them, of them basically remaining. So basically, the, the Khariji movement, there are three kind of appearances. One in the time of the messenger of Allah as, as just the seed. It's just the seed. They, they haven't actually appeared, but they are the seed because of this discontent on the issue of wealth and the distribution of wealth. They were unhappy because it didn't come to them. Then in the time of Uthman, عنه, as, a, as a faction who are conspiring to uh, you know, remove Uthman and to instigate people against him, that's the second stage. Even then, they are not an open faction split clearly away from the body of the Muslims. Not at this stage, right? And then we have the third and final stage, which is when they appear as the actual Khawarij proper. Because here, you know, what, what the name suggests is that they have split away from the main body of the Muslims. And, you know, as a separate faction, physically, they, they, they've isolated themselves and they revolted against the main body of the Muslims and the ruler of the Muslims, right? So uh, so, the, so these people, this basic idea, even if we look at this idea, like I said, what is the basic idea? It can be summarized, you know, in, in, in one word. It is, they claimed there is social injustice, social injustice, right? And this idea of, Attacking the ruler and, you know, accusing him of not using the wealth properly and squandering the wealth and not this and not that, whatever. This is really the foundation of, of, of the Khawarij. In reality, they are, they are unhappy that the wealth didn't come to them. So they are motivated by the wealth. That's what's really driving them. They, they want the wealth and they want to be in power so that they can actually uh, hold and control the wealth. That's the, that's the actual real and true motivation. However, as Sheikh Ibn Thaymeen, Rahimullah, explains and says about these people that you know, it appears that they're the most righteous of people but their hearts are the darkest of, 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 of the hearts of all people. So then what they do is they clothe this thing that they have inside with all of this beautiful speech outwardly, right? We want justice, we want the rule of Allah established, you know, and and all the other beautiful slogans that that they bring to conceal what they are really about, right? And this is why the Muslim scholars, contemporary Muslim scholars, they have likened and resembled these people to what we have seen over the past 200 years, of many of the revolutionary movements in Europe, because many of these revolutionary movements over the past two hundred years they are marxist they are communist in, in you know in, 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 in their origin, and the basic argument is the same that we need to topple these monarchies uh, the, the, these rulers because they absorb and control the wealth and wealth and capital is the cause of tyranny upon the people so these people devised these ideologies as a means of gaining the support of the common people to then topple the monarchies and the rulers of Europe and that's what they did in the 1800s and likewise into the 19th century Uh, Marxism, Marxism, communism and socialism which is just another like a subtle form stepping stone to communism. In all of these movements what is the basic claim? It is the claim that we want social justice. We want Adala. We want justice. That's why we see that Shaykh, Shaykh Rabi bin Hadi, Ta'ala in one of his books. Al He has a very beautiful statement which captures, you know, the essence of, of this all issue. He says, al he said, we have observed and witnessed from, from reality and from history lessons. And, وَلَا مُعْتَبِرْ وَلَا إِلَّا مَنْ رَبِّكَ إِلَّا مَنْ رَبُّكَ And there is no one who's taking a lesson from these things, nor is he taking an admonition from these things, except the one upon whom Allah has shown mercy. وَمِنْهَا so from these lessons from history what what are they wa anna sahib anna anna sahib wa shi'ar al that every person of tribulation every person who wants tribulation everyone who calls to misguidance what does he do He raises with strength the symbol or the the symbol or the flag of justice. Al-Adal, Wal-Adala, Wal-Insaf, right? Justice, equity, fairness, right? Everybody who wants to bring tribulation, he will come with these slogans. Justice, equality, fairness, equity, so on and so forth. So he says, Fathawrah. That the revolution against the Khalifa, meaning Uthman, this is what he's speaking of, Uthman, rather it was a revolution against Islam, it was launched in the name of justice, right? So they attacked Uthman. In the name of justice, you are not being just. You are squandering wealth. You are this. You are that. You are that, whatever. Wa muhtar bin Abi al-Zindiq? Also, the revolution of al Mukhtar bin Abi Ubaid al-Thaqafi al-Zindiq. This was also a revolution done in the name of Al-Adala. Wazalaat uh, al right? And to, uh, sorry, to uh, remove the uh, oppression. And he said, uh, and in saf and justice. Wathawrat Abu Muslim al كانت تحت شعار العدالة وازالة الظلم. Likewise, Abu Muslim al khurasani right? So these names that he's mentioning, al muhtar bin bin Abi Obeidah al-Zindiq, you know. Uh, he was someone who revolted, and likewise, Abu Muslim al-Khurasani, right at the end of the caliphate of the Umayyads, he was someone who revolted likewise. He did so under the guise of I want justice and I want to remove uh, oppression and injustice. And likewise, wal-harakat al-masuniyya, شِعَارَ tahmilu shi'ar al-adala wal-musawat wal-hurriya. Likewise, all of the, the Masonic, the Freemasonic movements, they were under this label of justice and equality and freedom, right? So this is the French Revolution and all the revolutions that came afterwards. And الشيوعية, the communist revolutions, likewise, the, the Bolshevists in Russia and other places, they also used to carry these slogans. All of these are actual deceptions. They are false, deceitful slogans. And Allah, you know, he humiliates the people who, you know, come with these things. He he exposes them and will humiliate them in the world before the hereafter. So you can see that the basic idea of the khawarij is something that's not it's it's you you find it amongst mankind people who want to uh you know they they have objectives they have goals the easiest thing to use is the idea of social justice and you see all of these movements uh you know that the sheikh mentioned and these individuals this is how people gain a large large following so basically this is the same as what the khawarij this is from the traits of the khawarij anybody who wants to come along and gather a following he'll start mentioning all the negative things and the squandering of wealth and and so on so forth and people naturally you know uh who, who are ignorant and who don't know the sunnah and who have grievances right they will naturally come to to these people and follow them and it starts as something small Then it grows and grows and grows and grows, and eventually there's revolution, there's civil war, there's strife, there's bloodshed, which is multiple times more many, many times more than the original hardship that the people were put under. And that's why the prophetic guidance, the guidance of the Messenger of Allah has come with patience, having patience under the tyranny. And the injustice of the ruler why because it is for the you know it, it, it is to harbor the lesser evil in order to keep away the greater evil and history has continuously proven and shown both even amongst non-muslim societies and even muslim nations that never does anybody <coughs> revolt or rebel except that the evil that is generated is much greater than the initial evil that the people, you know, uh, were, you know, were upon. So this brings us now to the issue. Today's topic is what is the ruling on the Khawarij? Are they Muslim? Are they non-Muslim? And the scholars have differed on this issue. And so in today's uh, lesson, Sheikh Ubaid is going to comment upon a passage from Fathul Bari of Ibn Hajar. And in this passage, there is a support and an explanation of the view that the Khawarij are in fact disbelievers, right? So the shaykh begins by saying, "قال right. الحافظ So this um, section is from Al-Bukhari, and it is in the book Kitabul al-istitaba. It is the book of requesting the, the apostates. To, to make Tawbah, right? So just look at where Al-Bukhari is placing these hadiths and the chapter headings of these hadiths. So the chapter title is Bab Man Taraka Kitāl Al-Khawarij Lidta'allufi Wa Alla Yanfar Wa nas Chapter to do with the one who did not kill or fight the Khawarij in order to keep unity. To keep you know, unity. And so as not to repel the people from him. So the Sheikh Shaykh Ubed says that uh, if you reflect upon this, some people are actually able to fight the Khawarij. But he does not do so out of compromise. Out of compromise. And... You know, uh, this is why Al Bukhari mentioned here. عنه, until people are not, you know, uh, repelled from him. So the Sheikh says that it is authentically related from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that he commanded that we fight them. He said, فَإِنَّمَا ثَقِفْتُمُهُمْ wherever you meet them. Then kill them, and he also described the Khawarij as والخليقة, the most evil of amongst the, the, the creation and the, the creatures. And he also described them as كلاب, كلاب النار, that they are the dogs of hellfire. Right, so these are the descriptions that the Messenger of Allah gave to them. So the issue here that is raised by al-Bukhari rahimahullah mentioning this hadith and mentioning this uh, subject heading is the issue of when a ruler has the ability and the power to fight the khawarij and he does not do so and he basically makes a compromise in this there is no good for Islam and its people meaning that the generality of the prophetic texts, they indicate that a ruler, if he has the ability, and likewise, if the hujja, you know, is established upon them, then he should fight the khawarij. He should fight the khawarij. And he should follow the commands of the messenger of the sun when he said, wherever you meet them, then, then kill them. Right? So if he has quwa and qudra, then he should do so. But if he does not have the ability, right? So this is where now he can refrain. If he does not have the ability, does not have the strength, and if he fears for, 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 you know, for himself and his religion and, and the people, then it is possible, like in a situation where the Khawarij have gained power and ability and military strength, and you don't have the ability to fight them, then you can, you can abandon fighting them and you can leave the, the, that land to go to a secure land, right? So this is permissible. But the point being made is that what the Sunnah has come with is that they are to be fought against and killed and they are not to be compromised with. Right? That's the basic, the basic, the asl in, the, in, the, in what we find in the Sunnah. Then, al hafiz ibn Hajar, Allah, he says that within this, wafihi أَنَّهُ لَا يَجُوزُ وَقَتْلُهُمْ إِلَّا بَعْدَ إِقَامَةِ الْحُجَّةِ عَلَيْهِمْ بِدُعَائِهِمْ إِلَى الْرُّجُوعِ إِلَى الْحَقِّ إِلَيْهِمْ He says, within these texts also, and within what Bukhari has indicated, is that it is not permissible to fight the Khawarij and to kill them, except after establishing the proof, right? So we have to establish the Hujjah. The evidence has to be shown to them that what you are doing is wrong. It opposes the guidance of the Messenger of Allah, and your shubuhat are wrong, and that you cannot declare Muslims to be disbelievers. You cannot revolt against them. You cannot kill them. And here are the evidences. Right? Once that hujjah has been established, and they are given the opportunity to to have their excuse, then it is permissible to fight them. Wa ila al Bukhari fi uh, so he says, this is what Al-Bukhari is indicating here. This is what he's indicating, right? That you fight the Khawarij and you have to establish the Hujjah against them. And this is the basis, not that you, you know, uh, necessarily that you compromise you compromise with them as 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 the basis. And so this here has been used as an argument by those who declare the Khawarij to be disbelievers. Right? Why? Because before you kill them you establish the hujja. right? Just in case they have misinterpretation, whatever it might be, and you establish the hujjah upon them because because what they are doing, the actions they are doing and the beliefs they are propounding are actually beliefs and actions which constitute disbelief, as we shall see shortly inshallah ta'ala. So the Shaykh comments on this, Sheikh obeyed, he says he says this is uh you know this this is an answer to a question that might arise that you know when is is the issue to do with when you call people Khawarij and when you fight against them um, it is when the hujja has been established against them. And so the Sheikh is just saying that this is from Ibn Hajjah, from his insight and his intelligence and so on and so forth. Anyhow, the Sheikh continues and he says that the Khawarij who fight are of two categories. The first category is a category where they are able to be reached. Why? Because they have separated in a specific place. They have you know they are they are a separated body and they are very clear that their place is known and they've split off from the main body of the muslims so here the imam whoever is the imam he can then send someone to argue against them and establish the proof against them so long as they do not begin fighting first right so if they if they begin fighting against you know, the muslims and they launch a war then the command of Allah, فَمَنِعْتَدَى right? If someone transgresses against you, then you can fight back and transgress against them with the like, with the same as what they transgress, transgressed against you. So in other words, if the khawarij come and fight you, you can fight back against them using the same type of force or response. However, if they don't do so, and they are in a split away in a place somewhere and they're there, whatever, then the ruler can go and first uh, discuss with them, establish the proof against them, or he can send a scholar to go and uh, discuss with them. And this is what Ali bin Abi Talib radiallahu anhu did. He sent his cousin, Ibn Abbas, when the Khawarij split and went away, you know, separately, he sent his cousin, Ibn Abbas, to speak with them, uh, debate with them remove their misconceptions. So he did so. One third of them, 2000 people, they basically abandoned that view and then they came back and the remaining uh, two thirds, you know, they remained staunchly upon what they were upon. And so after that is when Ali anhu, as the Sheikh says, فستعان بِاللَّهِ عَلِيهِمْ وَقَاتَلَهُمْ وَقَاتَلَهُمْ بِأَمْرِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عليه وسلم. Right. So he then, once those people were stubborn upon what they were upon, they didn't leave what they were upon, he fought them, killed them, and he did so with the command of the Messenger of Allah As we said before, فَإِنَ لَقِيتُهُمْ فَقُتُلُوهُمْ Wherever you find them, then kill them. And also, this is the hadith, the prophecy, عِنْدَ فُرْقَةٍ مِّنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ يَقْتُلُهَا أَوْلَى So he said there will appear a group that will separate and they will split from the Muslims and they will be killed by uh, by the one who is closest to the truth of two parties. This is now a prophecy from the messenger of Allah, meaning that there will actually be Two parties. And there will be the Muslims split. The Muslims will be split. There will be two parties. And in that situation, a group will desert and split away. And they will be fought against and killed by the one who is closest to the truth of the two parties. Right. So this is Ali radiyallahu anhu. Had a difference with Muawiyah radiyallahu anhu. Right. And this split was happened after the time of uh, the killing of Uthman. And as them as they were split uh, with each other and they tried to arbitrate a group then broke off. They are the Khwarij and they broke off. And so the one who was closest to the truth, which is Ali, will 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 fight them. So this is actually a prophecy of the messenger of Allah uh, you know, mentioning all of these things that the Muslims will split, there will be two broad groups, and they will differ with each other on an issue. One of them will be closer to the truth. He will be the one that will fight another group that will split from So this is a sign of the truthfulness of the Messenger of Allah. Sallam, one of the many hundreds of evidences uh, from the prophecies of the Messenger of Allah. Sallam. So then the reader he continues uh, uh, reading from uh, Fathul Bari, uh, and the Shaykh comments upon that same sentence that this what al-Bukhari has mentioned uh, is very clear from the hadith that we are going to mention shortly meaning there are many hadiths which clearly indicate evidence for the takfir of the khawarij and um, Ibn Hajr is saying that this is alluded to by al-Bukhari by way of the chapter headings he gives right so part of al-bukhari is looking at what heading did al-bukhari give to the hadith that he mentioned under that chapter heading this in itself is is a study to show you what is al-bukhari what is he thinking what is his evidence what is he indicating and there's a, a great amount of fiqh of understanding to be to be acquired just from the chapter headings of al-Imam Al- Im- Al- al-Bukhari. And so that's why, as the shaykh says, some of the people of knowledge said, they said, al-fiqh min مِن al-Bukhari. That we acquire understanding and comprehension from the chapter headings that are given by al-Bukhari. So uh, the shaykh says that this is very clear what al-Bukhari has done here. The very fact that he mentioned these hadiths of the Khawarij in Kitab al-Istitabah, right? Of asking the apostates to repent and come back to Islam, right? And he's mentioned these hadiths under there. And, you know, this very clearly shows that al-Bukhari holds the view that the Khawarij are people of disbelief. Okay, so now... Ibn Hajur starts mentioning some of the evidences. So he says that Sani al Bukhari bil wa Right? So basically he's saying that in the chapter heading, Kitabul Isti meaning asking the apostates and the, the, the mulhideen, the heretics to, to repent. This is very, very clear, right? He put them into this category, put them into this category. And as for those who make a mistake and a faulty interpretation, then he separated them from, from that group. وَبِذَلِكَ صَرَّحَ أَبُوْ بْنُ الْعَرَبِي فِي شَرْحِ This is something that another scholar who's called Abu Bakr, uh Ibn al-Arabi right and Allah he Akbar, Allah. Qadi Abu Bakr Ibn Al Arabi, ar-Rahimahullah, he says in his explanation of Al Tirmidhi, he said, As Sahih Annahum Nahum That which is correct is that the Khawarij are disbelievers. They are not Muslims." And he said, "Liqaulhi, liqaulhi, Sallallahu Alaihi Sallam yamruquna min al-Islam." What is the evidence? Because the messenger himself said. What did he say? He said, "Yamruquna min al-Islam," that they will pass through Islam, and also, and also because of his statement, "I will, I would kill them. That if I was to reach them, I would slaughter them like the slaughtering of Ad, the people of Aad." And what does this mean? Ibn Hajr himself explains it means that I would not leave a single one of them alive because the Ad were completely annihilated, completely destroyed. And so the meaning of this, ad, I would completely wipe them out. And in another narration Thamud, the messenger also said uh, said the same thing, uh, thamud. I would slaughter them like the slaughtering of Thamud. And uh, وَكُلٌّ مِنْهُمَا إِنَّمَا هَلَكَ بِالْكُفْرِ And we know that the Aad and the Thamud, how did they perish? They perished on account of Kufr. Perished on account of disbelief. And so the Messenger made that connection you know, between the Khawarij and the Aad and the Thamud. و... وَبِقَوْلِهِ هم شرّ and by the statement of the Messenger of Allah they are the most evil of creation. ولا and none is given that description except those who are disbelievers. You can't say، you know، about someone you are the most evil of creation unless that he he has to be from the people of disbelief. Otherwise you can't say that you know you can't say that to a, to, to, to a Muslim. So these are The textual arguments Mentioned by uh, Abu Bakr ibn al-Arabi And the Shaykh, Shaykh Ubaid Mentioned here that this Ibn al-Arabi that we are mentioning here Abu Bakr ibn al-Arabi He is We have to distinguish him Because he is a Maliki Scholar He's a scholar of the Malikis And he died in the year 543 Hijrah This is Abu Bakr Ibn Arabi uh, uh, Afwan Abu Bakr Ibn al-Arabi Al-Andalusi. Al-Maliki Al-Andalusi. He is a Maliki jurist and he was in an Andalus. Okay? But he is different to another individual that you've also heard of called Ibn Arabi. Ibn Arabi. Right? So this is without Al, without the definite article. Ibn al-Arabi. Ibn Al Arabi is the Maliki scholar, and when we say Ibn Arabi, this is a Sufi mulhid, right? Is a Sufi, misguided Sufi who spoke of Wahdatul Wujud, the unity of existence, and many other philosophical, you know, and shirki uh, statements of, of, you know, uh, of belief. Then uh, this is Ibn Arabi. So the Sheikh is, you know, pointing out to us that we shouldn't confused between the two. <coughs> Ibn al-Arabi al-Maliki is died 543 Hijra and Ibn Arabi, the other uh, Ibn Arabi, he's also Andalusi, he's also from Andalus. He died in the year 638 Hijra, right? So there's almost 100 years uh, between the two, right? So they're different. So then the Shaykh continues quoting uh, or the reader is reading from Fathul Bari. he uh, right They are the most evil of creation and no one is described with that except the disbelievers. Also due to his statement, they are the most hated of the creation to Allah, the exalted. So once again, obviously, you cannot say the most hated unless it is someone who is from the people of disbelief. Uh, So all of these descriptions, Sheikh Obed says that these texts indicate the angle of evidence that you don't describe someone as being the most evil of creation, nor do you describe them as having exited from the religion uh, and meaning someone who's exited from the religion. You don't describe these types of very heavy, severe descriptions except someone who is from the people of disbelief, right? So this is the argument or the evidence of those people, of those scholars who hold the khawarij to be disbelievers. Okay, the, 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 the reciter continues reading from Fathul Bari, عَلَى كُلِّ مَنْ خَالَفَهُمْ مُعْتَقَدِهِمْ بِالْكُفْرِ وَالتَّخْلِيدِ فِي النَّارِ This is another reason, which is that the khawarij they judged everyone who did not agree with them who opposed them and who did not did not believe their belief they said you are a disbeliever and you are in hellfire forever right so meaning that if you did not agree with the views of the khawarij with their with their with their you know declaring muslims to be disbelievers and revolting and so on so forth they would consider you to be a disbeliever as well and they would consider you to be uh, to be eternally in the hellfire, And this is something that actually happened historically, right? The Khawarij, when they emerged as a group, they then began to develop certain um, rules and principles. For example, that that if we as the Khawarij, obviously, they didn't call themselves the Khawarij. They called themselves the Islamic State. That's what they call themselves, even in the time of Ali they consider themselves to be the legitimate state and Ali to be a mushrik and anyone with him to be a mushrik and a kafir. And anyone who did not physically join them, they consider him to be a disbeliever. right? So them holding this view is another reason for their disbelief. Why is this? It is because you are making istihlal, you are making something lawful, which Allah has made haram. What is that? It is to kill other Muslims. Right? So if you come along and say, it's like making istihlal, declaring something to be halal what Allah made haram, Allah made haram, drinking alcohol. Allah made haram, zina, fornication. Allah made haram, many things. If you now come along and say, Oh no, it's 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 actually lawful for me to do so. It's halal in the religion to do so, for me to do so. Right? Meaning Allah did not make it haram. You have now become a disbeliever. Why? Because you are making takdeeb. You are basically essentially saying that what Allah said in the Quran is, is, is wrong. It's a lie. It's not true. Allah did not make alcohol haram. Allah did not make zina to be haram. That's what you're basically saying. Right? So in the same way, when the khawarij, they say that whoever does not come and join us is a disbeliever and his blood is lawful. You have now just made istihlal of what Allah made haram. Right? Which is, the inviolability of the blood of a Muslim. So this is another angle from which these scholars consider the Khawarij to be disbelievers because they've made, uh, you know, istihlal of the blood of the Muslims. And then the reader continues to read from Fathul Bari: "Fakanu hum a bil minhum," right? Meaning that they the khawarij are more worthy of being called disbelievers than the than those whom they are accusing of being disbelievers the khawarij are more worthy of that of that label and so from those scholars who actually held this view from the latest scholars so this is ibn hajar speaking uh, and and from those scholars is Taqiuddin As-Subqi. Taqyuddin as subki is a scholar who came after, it was around the time of Sheikh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, and obviously he was he was an opponent to Sheikh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah. Uh, he's an Ash'ari, um, and obviously he has his uh, issues. Uh, but in this issue, on the issue of uh, the uh, takfir of the Khawarij, he mentions some good evidences and some good insights, which Sheikh Ubeyed, Comments upon and speaks of, so he says, quoting As Subki. Now, so this now is the speech of As Subki, right? So it is Ibn Hajr quoting As Subki and Sheikh Obed commenting upon that. So he says, <laughs> This now is another evidence now, right? So all those texts that we mentioned from, from, the, from the Sunnah, right? This is now another evidence for the takfir of the khawarij. What is it? It is that he said, those who made takfir of the khawarij and the extremists among the rawafid it is because they declared the notable sahaba to be disbelievers. Right? Them making takfir of Ali and Uthman and others from potentially others from the Sahaba, right? This is another evidence for their disbelief. Why? Because they are making takdib of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because the he testified that they are going to be in paradise. Right? So if the messenger is saying that Uthman is in paradise and Ali is in paradise, and here you have the khawarij saying that Uthman is a kafir and Ali is a mushrik. Uthman is a kafir for not judging by what Allah revealed and Ali is a mushrik for basically sharing in the hukum by way of the arbitration. Then you are saying that the messenger of Allah he never told the truth. He was lying when he testified that they are going to be in paradise. So because of this, this in itself is another argument, another reason why the khawarij are considered to be to be people of disbelief and then the reciter continues meaning right this is a correct sound argument and then he says some people have counter argued some people have counter argued against this argument and he said um Basically, علمه, uh, so basically, I'll summarize the argument. What they're saying is, right, this argument you've just used about the messenger giving test me that Ali and Uthman and others are in paradise, you can only make takfir of the khawarij if you have knowledge that they actually knew this, right? Right, that they knew this with absolute certainty. That's only how you can make takfir of them. But if they didn't know this knowledge that the messenger said that they're going to be in paradise, then you can't really make make takfir of them. Right. So this is a counter argument against that argument. So As Subki says, wa This is it's something you know. It's, it's there's something not right with this. It needs looking at uh, because he says we know Anna Na'lam. Uh, he, he says that we, we know for certainty that those whom they declared as disbelievers, meaning Ali and Uthman, we know that they were given tazkiyah with absolute certainty. You know, when, 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 meaning by the Messenger of Allah. And this is sufficient for our belief that those who declared them to be disbelievers are basically supported in their, in, in, in their view. And also, what also supports this view is the hadith of the Messenger of Allah. ya kafir, That anyone who says to his brother, O oh, kafir, O oh disbeliever, then it will fall upon one of the two. So meaning that no one can really claim to be ignorant of the fact that even in the quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he gave testimony for all of the sahaba that they are people of paradise and allah is pleased with them and you know mentioning the muhajirin and and, and the ansar <laughs> right so allah the, the quran has testified that all the sahaba and particularly obviously the the, the khulafa and from them is ali and uthman Uthman and Ali, that they are people of Paradise. So this cannot really be used as an argument that somehow the, the, the Khawarij don't know with absolute certain knowledge that Uthman and Ali, you know, were, were, were promised Paradise and promised Paradise. So this, this, is, this is not really an argument. You can't use that. And so this proof is actually a sound and solid proof for the takfir of the Khawarij. Right? Because essentially it means you are you are you are you are making taqdesib of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And wafi l Muslim, one man rama Musliman bil-kufri, qala illa hara Ali. Whoever said to uh, a Muslim and accused him of disbelief, or said to him, enemy of Allah, except that it will come back and, it will, it will, and he will be entangled by it. It'll fall back upon him. Whoever makes these accusations against a, against a Muslim, so the shaykh says, "Allahu akbar." shaykh Obaid, those people who accuse the companions, the best of this nation, the cream of this nation, those whom Allah has made to be the companions for His Prophet sallallahu Allah does not choose for His Prophet you know companions except they are the best of people for the companionship of the prophet so the one who comes along and he makes takfir, he declares those companions to be you know to be to be to be disbelievers what is he doing he is actually attacking he is attacking reviling allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his rububiya. because what is he saying he is saying that allah did not choose the best of people to accompany his messenger sallallahu alayhi sallam Right when he when he's making takfir of the Sahaba such as Uthman and Ali and, and other than them, this is a revilement of Allah's Rububiyyah. It is a revilement of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and it is a revilement of the ijma' of the consensus of the Muslim of the of the Muslim nation, and it is a revilement of the book of Allah subhanahu wa taala as well, because Allah subhanahu wa taala himself in the Quran, as we said he testifies for the companions that they are forgiven that they, are, that they that they will enter paradise and so on and so forth and so the reader continues from Fatul Bari from Ibn Hajr, quoting from As-Subki qad minhum yarmuna bil kufri hasala indana so meaning that these people the khawarij It is established with us that they accuse a group of people, meaning from the Sahaba, with disbelief with respect to whom we have absolute certain knowledge that they have that they have iman, that they are testified to that they have uh, iman. So we'll just make one more point and then we'll finish and uh, for the prayer inshallah ta'ala. So then the reader continues. This is still the speech of Daqyuddin Asunki. So the reader continues, he says, So, what is this is important point here. What is the argument here? The argument here is that the takfir of the Khawarij is based purely on the khabar of of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the messenger, right? Because they are the ones who are informing us of these things and making all these statements. The takfir of the khawarij is based purely upon that. And this is similar to when we say, for example, when we say, whoever prostrates to an idol, he is a disbeliever. Right? So just like we know the ruling upon the one who prostrates to an idol, the one. Right? Obviously, he's not obviously, he, he, he knows what he's doing. He's not um, intoxicated, right? And he's not being compelled, right? So if someone puts a gun to your head and says prostrate to this idol, or if you're intoxicated with alcohol and something, obviously, you're excused in, in those situations, right? But outside of that, someone who prostrates to an idol and um, this person is a, an actual disbeliever, by, by that action and we do not need this person to express his, you know, we don't need this person to say um, I reject that prostrating to an idol is right? shirk we don't need him to say that before he becomes a disbeliever he is a disbeliever by the action itself, do you understand the difference right, right no one says, oh I want to become a disbeliever today, let me prostrate to the idol no one, no one says that because he doesn't even consider this to be disbelief. Do you understand? So, so what's the thing that's making him a disbeliever? What's the thing that disbelief is attached to? Is it because he's saying, oh, I reject that prostrating to an idol is shirk. No, I, I, I reject that. Well, he's not rejecting that. Uh, like, like from an Islamic ruling point of view. right? He's just doing an action which constitutes disbelief according to the texts of the, of, of the sharia. Right? So when someone proceeds to an idol, we say this is an act of shirk, and this is an act of kufr, and unless he's been compelled to do so, or he's intoxicated out of his mind, then this person has fallen into, into disbelief. Right. So in the same way, the argument as Subki is presenting here, likewise, is saying that we don't need to look at anything else, because... The texts in the Quran and the Sunnah have described these people to be disbelievers. Their actions to be actions of disbelief. All those texts that we've mentioned early on about, you know, I will slaughter them like the slaughtering of Ad, they are the worst of the creation, they will exit from Islam uh, and so on and so forth. And these other arguments, you know, uh, making takfir of some of the Sahaba and, and, and making istihlal of the blood of the Muslims. All these things in themselves are sufficient for their... You know for their for the for you know for, for, for their disbelief and this is why sheikh ubayd comments on this and says hadihi istimbatun istimbatun meaning that this argument that subki is presenting here is very very it's a very good uh very good uh, um, uh, point or very good argument and then he goes on to basically uh, mention the uh, same point, really. I, I won't go on, on, you know, stick to it t- t- too long. But basically, the same point being that uh, we don't need to, you know, we, we don't need to investigate into the person who prostrates to an idol. You know, is he really, uh, does he believe this to be shirk or not to believe this to be shirk or what's his, you know, the action itself constitutes shirk. Right? That's it's con- because because the Sharia has attached the label of shirk and kufr to that particular action. And as for all these other things about inquiring, what's his intention? What's this? What, whatever, that's not really, you know, unless he was uh, compelled or forced or whatever it might be, this constitutes uh, disbelief. And then finally, he says, and we finish with this point: Wa al tabari so also from the other scholars who also hold this view and inclined to this view is Imam At-Tabari, rahimahullah taala, the Mufassir, right, who wrote the Tafsir of the Quran, and he said, "فَقَالَ بَعْدَ أَنْ سَرَدَ حَدِيثَ حَدِيثِ الْبَابِ." He said, after quoting these hadiths in this chapter, he said, "فِيهِ الرَّدُّ عَلَى قَوْلِ مَنْ قَالَ لَا يَخْرُجُ أَحَدٌ مِنَ الْإِسْلَامِ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِبْلَةِ Ba'da إِسْتِحْقَاقِهِ حُكْمَهُ." right so here imam tabri is saying that these evidences that that have been compiled here for the takfir of the khawarij within it is a refutation of the one who says that no one from the people of the qibla leaves islam until he intends to leave Islam. He has to intend to leave Islam. This is wrong, because this doesn't make sense. Right? Like, when, when, you, when you see a grave worshipper prostrating to, or to to an idol or something like this, he's not intending, he's not saying, oh, well, I want to leave Islam. No, no one intends to leave Islam. Right? No one who falls into an act of disbelief, who intends... Unless someone like renounces Islam and says, okay, I'm no longer Muslim, I reject Islam. This person obviously wants to leave Islam, right? He becomes an atheist, becomes a Christian, becomes whatever. He wants to whatever. But what we are speaking of here is that in these types of actions, like the Khawarij don't say, oh, we intend to leave Islam. They don't say that. And you can't make the ruling upon them to be de- dependent upon the intent or the desire to leave Islam. Right? Because Nobody who falls into these things actually intends or desires to leave Islam. right? So this is a mistake. You cannot attach the ruling upon a person's desire or intent. What do the Khawarij? The Khawarij believe they are the awliya of Allah. They believe they are the, 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 the friends of Allah. right? They believe that they are the most righteous. They believe that they, they, they are the believers. Clearly, they're not intending to wanting to to, to, to leave Islam. So, At-Tabari is saying that this argument here presented by, uh, you know, or, sorry, at is before uh, Subki, but this is something by said by At-Tabari as well. That within these hadiths of, about the Khawarij is a clear refutation of the one who said someone has to intend and desire to, to, to leave Islam knowingly. Right? This is not true. Because the, the messenger didn't say that. He said, of the khawarij, yamruquna min ad-deen. Or, yamruquna min al-Islam. They, they exit Islam. He mentioned all those other statements that, he, that he's problem with. So, anyhow, uh, the, these are the evidence. In fact, we only have a page or so left. And, uh, essentially, um, we can actually conclude this uh, topic. He also quotes al qurtubi and we'll finish with this, inshallah, right at the end of the page, على uh, ال next page قال القرطبي في المرحم يؤيد القول بتكفيرهم uh, التمثيل المذكور في حديث أبي سعيد يعني الآتي في الباب الذي يليه فإن الظاهرة مقصوده أنهم خرجوا من الإسلام ولم يتعلقوا منه بشيء كما كما خرج السهم من الرمية لسرعته وقوة راميه so this is now Al-Qurtubi, another scholar who is supporting this view. And he is saying that if you think about the hadith of the Messenger of Allah, when he said about the Khwarij, that they will exit from Islam like the arrow, when you fight the arrow and it comes through the game, it penetrates the game, the animal, and it comes out the other side, and it comes out clean, right? There's nothing sticking on the arrow from from the animal. It's come out clean, right? So this similitude given by the Messenger of Allah for the Khawarij means that the Khawarij, they leave Islam and nothing of it remains with them. There's nothing left from Islam that remains with, with, with these people which means that it is very clear and very explicit that this supports the view that these people are considered to be disbelievers according to the text of of the sharia right so these are numerous scholars here uh, al-bukhari uh, you know abu bakr ibn al-arabi uh, al-qurtubi al-tabari uh, al-subki from from you know uh, and many others they're upon this view of the takfir of the khawarij And from the contemporary scholars who hold that view is Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Baz, he also supports this view and says this is what is correct in accordance with with the text. It's very clear, the the, the texts are very clear that they are considered to be people of disbelief for all the reasons that we mentioned. In fact, even just one of those reasons is sufficient, right? Making istihlal of the blood of the Muslims, which Allah and His Messenger have made inviolable. And many of the other things. So inshallah, we will conclude this uh, topic of this lecture, uh, this particular lecture for today. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.